If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever, and then we do some talking about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K. My nose is a bit blocked because I had a netty pot earlier. <laughs> I explained to Ben. If you don't know what that is, Google it. And I'm joined by Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ben Errington. And I haven't had a netty pot, so uh, I, I'm, I, I should be fine, you know. I just want to explain it because you... I feel like every one of the last episodes, like the last four episodes, I've been coughing and I've been sneezing and stuff. It's the hay fever, so I thought... Right, I'm going to get on top of this. And I got a neti pot, and I thought it would clear it out. It has, I think it's cleared it out. I think it's just, my nose is still a bit blocked. Do you want, do you want to explain briefly what a neti pot is, just in case people are like, what on earth has he been doing to his orifices? I would say just Google it, but it's a plastic teapot that you shove in your sinus. <laughs> <laughs> you shove it, you shove it right in your sinus, and it feels you bloody s- lovely. It feels weird. It feels like training for like waterboarding. You know, like um, like a torture training for like to to, to uh, withstand it. I mean, like, I yeah, mean, yeah. So they're just being. I don't, you're mean, a CIA be, I don't mean you can be good at water being waterboarded, but um, you can be good at withstanding it. Yeah. Can you be good at waterboarding though? You probably can. No. <laughs> no. Strictly <laughs> against waterboarding or any form of torture, Geneva Convention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the last uh, film we talked about was uh, Wreck with the lovely. Johan Chipotle, thank you very much, Johan, for coming up for that. Uh, and this time, we are on number 33 of the list, and we are talking about the classic that is right on the precipice of Ben's Cliff. I wasn't going to talk about Ben's Cliff, but it's coming to my mind again. <laughs> it's uh, like the elephant in the room now. Yeah. It's become like the elephant in the room. You want to talk about my cliff? Uh, don't. It's called, <laughs> it's it's on the called Don't Look Now. Uh, it's from 1973. Uh, so do you want to tell us a bit about the film, Ben? It's your thing, okay? So yes, okay. So don't look now is a 1973 independent British Italian film directed by Nicholas Roeg. Uh, is a thriller adapted from the short story by Daphne du Maurier. Um, Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland portray a married couple who travel to Venice following the recent accidental death of their daughter, after the husband accepts a commission to restore a church. Uh, they encounter two sisters, one of whom claims to be clairvoyant and informs them that their daughter is trying to contact them and warn them of danger. The husband at first dismisses their claims but starts to experience mysterious sightings himself. I understand that is probably a lot the longest yeah, I was gonna say. intro slash synopsis that I've had so far. Usually try to go a bit brief, but I guess it's good to kind of paint a picture yeah. of this film because it's, uh, it's an intense one. So this is what... Um, is that it? Is, have you still got more? <laughs> Oh, that's it, mate. That's <laughs> it. I mean, I could do record. more. I could do more if you want. I mean, I could do. I could do. I could be here all night. No, no, don't worry. I think this is gonna 
go with some of the same stuff anyway. So uh, this is what the Empire magazine had to say about it. Uh, Nick Roeg's hugely influential take on Daphne du Maurier's short story is more than just a simple horror movie. It's also a moving and insightful study of marriage, uh, particularly the way it creaks like the hull of a ship under the duress of loss and grief. But yes, ultimately, it's scary in a way that's cranked up several notches by its eerie backdrop of Venice in off-season, weird encounters with Sears and that red-coated hobgoblin. Julie Christie, um, lost in her grief for her drowned daughter, and Donald Sutherland, adrift in his, are note perfect as the central couple. But Roeg's direction and editing, particularly in the sexy sex scene, lend the movie the feel of a beautiful but shattered mosaic. Uh, you got 96% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'll give you a guess what he got on IMDb. <laughs> oh, oh, was it set? Se- well, it might be 7.4. Was it 7.4? Was it 7.3? Ah, oh, this this film is going to be awful. <laughs> it, I say, I've already watched it. This film's awful. Seven point three. Yeah. If you want to be take, if you want to be taking yourself seriously in the IMDb stakes, you've got to be seven point four or higher. If you're seven point three, forget about it. Yeah. What's... Can I also just can I can I also just make a point that Empire description then was absolutely amazing. It was good. poetic. It was laden with metaphor. It was who who wrote that. You know, because usually we call them yeah. the film, the film, what do we call them, the film? Uh, this, is guy, this guy was studying film on the side. He actually was actually doing Shakespeare studies. Yeah, it was, it was, it was delightful. Yeah. It was a soliloquy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on the Facebook group, the Horror Hangout Facebook group, Kev Hurst said, it's got a great unsuspecting ending, dude. Uh. Uh, Edward Harvey says, yep, great suspenseful build to a climax, that's a climax, a climax that's worth it. Classic movie. He didn't do yeah. that, I imagine. I but. love a I love a movie that builds up to a real good climax. <laughs> want a good climax at the end of the movie? I like a great unsuspecting end. <laughs> Unsuspected, yeah. not hopefully not a, like a, an end, you know, a premature end. You know, that's that's <laughs> that, that's the one where you're like, oh god, this. Well, oh, sorry about that. Doesn't usually happen to me, you know. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, have you seen this film before? I have seen this film before. I saw it a number of years ago. I can't remember how or why I came across this film. Um, I think I heard it referenced in something, maybe a podcast years ago, and I went away and watched it. I think when I watched it the first time, I was kind of in and out watching it. I wasn't 100% sort of like um, engrossed. Yeah. This time I give it I give it my attention. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, it's got a hell of a lot going on. There's a hell of a lot going on. You could probably watch this numerous times to pick through all the all the visual metaphors yeah. and all the all the themes and everything it kind of suggests um some of the stuff that comes full circle is really interesting uh but yeah like again this is probably i think we've we've experienced quite a lot of actual horror films but i think early in the list we were watching a lot of films which were like a psychological thriller with horror elements and i think this is probably one of them you wouldn't necessarily yeah if i said if i said come around mine and watch this horror film and then i put that on you'd probably be like this ain't horror, mate. This is just, uh, especially during the sex scene, you'd be you'd be confused. Yeah, cat. I mean, we were we were confused at one point because I've not seen this before, and um, it's been on my sort of I want to watch it list for a while because I saw Ben Wheatley reference it as one of his, uh, in you know, films that's inspired him, and you can you sort can of see, see it, you yeah. can see that, yeah, definitely. I was going to say in the editing that that sort of mosaic. Um, non-time linear sort of thing, jumping back and forth uh, in the cutaways. That's something he's done a, a few times, I think, especially in like a field in England. So you can definitely see that sort of influence there. Yeah. And it was like definitely a breakdown of like these two human psyches um, dealing with grief. Um, and it was interesting how they sort of like broke down in different ways and were affected in different ways. But I think it was portrayed very well by like Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. Um, and and it was a very sort of like it's a very very stylish film, isn't it? I mean, I'm, it's it's good yeah. that it takes place in Venice because I think Venice is somewhere that you never really. But it was creepy as hell, Venice in this film. It was oh, it was yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Like every, all the all the little alcoves and the little alleyways and the way you couldn't quite of, see someone. There wasn't like a straight road to see someone down. Everyone yeah, just of, like the the yeah. water as well. Just the water being there was just like this constant constant threat that something was going to go wrong. That, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just it was weird that. It was sort of like in a very unsteady feeling I felt throughout. I would say some of the editing, uh, I mean, I was going to say, so the editing in my in my mind sort of makes this film as effective as it is. There was, um, so I'm a big fan of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. 
Have you ever watched Garfield in Star Place? <laughs> yeah, know, man, like yeah. the scene where like um, I think Matt Berry touches Liz, and then it has like the same sort of cuts, and it has him screaming ah, and it just cuts to like, <laughs> right, yeah, and yeah. I was like, there's there's elements in this was like that reminds me of Garfield in Star Place, <laughs> yeah. but it was still it's still effective, and um, like I think in the hands of someone not as talented as as Roeg or whoever did actually edit this film, um, it could have come across very silly. But it didn't. Yeah, I, think, I think it was very definitely. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are definitely times when it kind of almost felt like it was going to veer into silliness, but then it kind of like reined itself in a little bit. It yeah, was a bit. Yeah. Um, and that ending. My memory was uh, a. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. I've not, I did not expect that ending. I'm still not quite sure if I understand yeah. what's happening. It was almost Lynchian in a sort of abstractness of it. Yeah, I mean, it, well, yeah, very Lynchian in terms of. And yeah, a dwarf. As a dwarf, um, yeah, um, that's um, exactly what I was thinking. That's uh, like Lynchian. Red, red, red and dwarfs. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. very Lynch. That's, that's yeah. incredibly Lynchian. You've been watching um, the new very... TV the series, by the way. I haven't. There's, um, there's I've a seen... killer dwarf. In I've... There's a what? <laughs> a killer dwarf. dwarf. Yeah. A killer dwarf. Yeah. Is there a giant? See, I, I was kind of like, I need to get, I've seen about half a, half an episode of, of the third series, so yeah. I need to chill. It is but yeah, yeah. The, the, I think the ending was like, in my head, and I think everything I've read and sort of seen of, of the ending since has kind of built the ending up to more, and I forget how it is very subtle. Like, it's kind of a bit like, well, what's going to happen here? Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Whereas I think my memory of this ending was a bit more of a like, whoa! I think if there was more of him chasing after this hooded figure yeah. throughout the film. I mean, there was some, but there was if there was a lot more... It seems I think to it come been so a lot more far effective. out of left field. And it, yeah. like... like We'll, we'll talk about that when we get into the plot, but like the whole like there's a serial killer on the loose. I'm sure that doesn't get introduced till halfway through the film. Yeah, and that's the way that that's a big part of the way the film ends. It's it just seemed like so <coughs> sort of random yeah. to me, but um, I I really liked it there still. Yeah, I like I like the use of sort of like premonition as well. Like some of the things he was seeing were premonitions. Yeah, some were more effective than others because some were some were sort of like very signposted moments. Yeah, but moments where you know he he sees somebody and it ends up being a premonition of his own funeral. I think, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's, that's insane. That's, it's cool. That's, I like it. I like it that's a lot. Re- that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. So should we talk about the story? Oh, if you, if we have to, Luke, <laughs> you're bloody bending my arm on you. Yeah. 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 yeah go on. Okay. Uh, so the key players in the story, we've got Julie Kiss, uh, Julie Christie playing the wife, Laura Baxter, Donald Sutherland playing the husband, John Baxter. Um, great facial hair. In, great. In He's got a proper right. moustache in there and a, like an afro thing going on as well. Very 70s. <laughs> uh, Hilary Mason plays Heather. Uh, I can't pronounce her name. Clelia Natania plays Wendy. I'm not too sure which of those sisters are which, but I'm sure we'll figure yeah, it out yeah. as we go. Okay, uh, so... Um, the two crazy old women! When I uh, when I was watching it, it was Ben, uh, ben Wheatley talking about the films have inspired him. The, the bit in the film, in this film that he was talking about, was specifically the drowning scene, which is right at the start. Um, and it is pretty horrific. Um, so it sort yeah. of opens with like this uh, stately home in England, middle yep. class. That's looking, looking down at me from the TV screen. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, so like uh, Donald Sutherland is, is uh, looking for his photo snaps. I think his wife's drinking some tea. I can't really remember. Uh, and then the kid's there's a son and a daughter and they're playing out in the in this massive garden. Um and one of them dies. Um it can't, I don't even know how it happens really. How does how well, do yes, well she she's playing with like a little a little action man. A little action man who's very well spoken, I kept thinking. She's oh, pulling yeah. this little his yeah. little cord and it's going like, Oh bloody I'm gonna get you, you Germans and it's like <laughs> that action yeah. man, what a square. Yeah. <laughs> who's recorded the voice for that? Middle class yeah, action. She, man. Middle, middle class, class action. Yeah. She's playing. Um, she's playing around with a ball as well, and then the the kids just like running around. The the boy, sorry, is running around willy nilly, and then she ends up. And then she ends yeah. up falling in the water and drowning. But obviously, the key, the important part of this is that Donald Sutherland's character. What's his name again? Mustache Man, Bob Ross, <laughs> John Baxter, John Baxter, big yeah. old Baxter, Baxter, Baxter. Just has a, he has a, he has a feeling, doesn't he? And he sees a he sees a photo with some sort of like red. Ink well, I think, I think he's developing them, isn't he? He gets yeah, yeah, water, on, water on a minute or wine or something, and it 
like smears this this blood blood red smear that comes across it. Yeah, and then he automatically feels that something's wrong, and he kind of yeah. rushes out to to find his daughter, who's only gone and drowned in the pond. Interestingly, so we... interestingly, we don't explore who drowned the daughter. Could have been the action man. Could have been yeah. the brother. Came to life in a small soldier's sort of way and just yeah. went, get in the bloody pond. <laughs> could, could have been, could have been the brother. girl. It could have been the brother. Yeah. Because he was useless, let's be honest. <laughs> useless. Yeah. If you, ever need, if you ever need someone at a time of great need, this guy is not the guy because he kind of just watched. Oh, bloody hell. I know he's just a kid, but come on, mate. Come on, Done a bit of first aid training, surely. Diving after your sis. <laughs> so uh, basically, it cuts to Donald Sutherland running, running out and he sees his daughter drowned in the pond and he saw he knew it was happening because of the photo he's got it he he sort of felt it happening um and then he goes in and it, he sort of pulls her out and at this point i thought donald Sutherland in slow motion sounded a lot, lot, lot like professor snape <laughs> like he's got this very deep like, <laughs> like do you know what i mean <laughs> that's a harry potter I like, like in, in this moment, a great tra- tragedy where I was really feeling for the characters and I was thinking, I was really mourning the death and I was, yeah. it, was cutting, it was cutting me deep. And you were just there going, sounds like Snape, slow down, he does, <laughs> he? Sounds like Snape, what a bloody mug. It reminded me of Brian Bedonde. It's Brian Bedonde. <laughs> Brian Bedonde. At times, like, I don't know how. Uh, curse you. Burr, burr, burr. Like, he probably had. <laughs> I don't know how. Donald Sutherland, like, I do think he's got a deep voice, but I think in the slow motion, it just went. Crazy, over the maybe top. It happens, maybe it happens to all of us. Maybe when we're slowed down, that happens to all of us. You know, we should slow down this. We can oh. slow down this conversation. We all sound like no. Okay. Okay. So, um, so then they, uh, the daughter dies. It's a, it's a pretty. It is a pretty heart wrenching scene because uh, the wife comes out and she's screaming her head off and stuff. Oh um, yeah, that was a, that was a blood curdling scream. He's also he's doing a bit of CPR on her, but he's doing a bit of half ass. You know, he's doing it. She's yeah. led on her side. Yeah, this is like the catalyst scene. This is like the scene that sets the entire film up. Really, um, we've got like a lot of water imagery and sounds and stuff. We've got the red on the picture and the photo, the red of the coat that the, the daughter's wearing. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's 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 all set here for the rest of the film to to reference. Um, and it's quite effective. And then it suddenly seems to cut forward. Um, John apparently has got a commission uh, as for uh, what's he doing? Restoring a church. It's restoring a church, yeah. So a bishop's called him up. He's gone, John, mate. I know your daughter's just died, but this church needs sorting out quick, sharp. And he's gone. Yeah. Birch needs barking about. Yes, I'll be there. I'll be there. How long? How long after the death? How long after the death and them going on a little jolly to Venice uh, passes by, do we think? Uh, I think he says. Um, I, I think it's like a few months. I think so. Anyway, I might have made that up. But I would assume a few months. It, can't, it couldn't be like next Tuesday, Jeff, could it? No, I thought, I, I thought maybe a bit longer. I think maybe in my head I was trying to think. It was yeah. a year or so, but maybe it was shorter than that. Yeah. And obviously they leave, they leave their son at boarding school. Do we, so I've, do we only find out later on? Like... So yeah, I, yeah, I where the hell not... the son? Like, they got rid yeah. of him as well. Yeah, the toy soldier attacked him. Okay, um, and then they're in the like in Venice. It's all very nice, all very European. Oh, I was quite jealous. Yeah, I was loving it. I was, I was yeah. loving it. I was thinking, I, I was thinking, I want to be there. You know, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't want to be getting over the death of a family member there, but I want to be there enjoying everything. They, they seem to be going out on lovely meals, yeah. seeing all the sights, staying yeah. in a lovely hotel sort of apartment little building workshop thing. thing he's got yeah it's really lovely Look, he's wearing a lo- he's wearing lovely freshly pressed lovely suits walking yeah. around he's the bella la bull <laughs> he's got a lovely mustache he's yes. got a lovely mustache too i'm not jealous of 1973 donald sutherland don't look now yeah but you know maybe i am you know who's to say oh it's a shame you can't talk like a normal person <laughs> okay that, <laughs> so, that's, that's the bad thing that comes that's with the it. Bad you, thing, can have, yeah. you can have all these great things it's almost like that mustache is too heavy talk. for him to like enunciate around the words properly oh oh yeah yeah just shave the mustache off john for god's sake i'm sick of you speaking like that like yeah. stylish it's 1973 <laughs> he, he was pretty hip he is very hip in fact the suits are, are actually quite nice and uh um i think he he'd look like a proper hipster today Donald Summer is still alive, yeah? He is, isn't he? Yeah, he's in uh, The Hunger Games. That's the only thing I can think of at the minute. Yeah, that's right. He is, isn't he? Yeah. 
And he's all he's his proper Cock silver fox now. Yeah. Uh, so there is there is a restaurant or they're eating somewhere. It's like a cafe or something. And then it is two women off to the side, just looking over at them all the time. Um, they go to the bathroom. John's wife goes to the bathroom. They actually seem fairly happy, by the way, at this point. They don't seem yeah like, grieving too badly. So it must have been a, a good while. Yeah. So maybe they were like slightly getting over it at this point. Yeah. One of one of the old ladies gets something in her eye, doesn't she? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So a um, little bit of dust. <laughs> and then uh, the wife goes to sort of help her get the dust out. She's like. I'm good at this. <laughs> My time has come. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at restoring churches, John. Leave the eye dust to me. Um, so <laughs> she goes, and then uh, she helps one of them's eye out, uh, and then uh, the other one is like blind. She's like, bloody hell, what did you get in your eye? And then... <laughs> Acid. <laughs> and in then, this uh, scene, there's a really weird woman who's just like kind of in there as well. Yeah. It's like they just use this little, there's like a little lady in the doorway just watching everything unfold, and I kept thinking, "What's your game? What is your game? Are you lurking in the women's toilets, just yeah. waiting for anyone to come in with eye dust and you know grieving their kids and just watching stuff unfold?" Does she kind of like just peer in around the door at one point and go, "Oh yes, eye dust. <laughs> oh yes, blind are you? Mm. Yeah. So the blind one is um, suddenly." comes out with a corker. She says, I'm psychic, mate. And Derek, I can see Derek your... Akora. <laughs> Derek... <laughs> I'm, I'm psychic and I can see Derek Akora right now. So, um, Derek, Derek. so she can see, uh, she says, I can see your, your daughter and she's happy. And she's like laughing and smiling along. She's happy. And I was like, look, even if, even if you're a psychic, you've been a psychic, like, there must be some etiquette like involved. Like, you don't go straight yeah. in there with your dead daughters there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. ease it in. Like, I mean, maybe she's maybe she's new to being a psychic. You know, she's quickly got these these gifts and she doesn't know how to control it. You know, so she's just flying in there, going, "Hey, your yeah. dead daughter's happy. Hey, your dead sons. These nuts are good. Hey, your mom. She's okay." Yeah. yeah, like the kid from the Sixth Sense had some etiquette. He knew. He, he didn't just go around telling everyone. You know, but uh, okay. So uh, then I think. The wife is happy about this or something. She goes back to. Um... Well, I think initially she's a bit. She's kind of a little bit unsure. I think, isn't she? She's not. Yeah. She's she's kind of like oh, it's, it's it, you see at this point maybe that's she kind of needs that. She needs yeah. that sort of thing yeah. to sort of help her with the closure. But she's a little bit unsure, a little bit dubious because these women do come across as while nice, perhaps a little yeah. bit crackpotty. English, as well. I'd... Uh, they're, oh, they're English. Okay, definitely untrustworthy. <laughs> I gotta say, how creepy are the blind woman's eyes? By the way, like I've seen blind people, and they've never been quite as creepy as that. Um, I don't know how they very made creepy. the. I don't know. She looked like a like a corpse or something in a way. Like very, very milky. Very were, milky. Yeah, yeah. Mil- milky, milky and blue, like a blueberry milkshake. Yeah, like cream, like <laughs> that you can stick a straw in and suck one out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was in trouble here. <laughs> it was thick. Now I'm psychic. I juice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... Now I'm psychic. Fuck you. <laughs> so then um, she goes to. Um... Wait. Oh, yeah. She faints, doesn't she? She goes back to the dinner table. Yeah, she table. faints. She goes back to the table and faints. And, and just, you know what I mean? This is one of those where she faints. And I think, could they have made any more mess? And she could have just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like she so she <laughs> She makes But she, she kind of goes for the table. <laughs> Donald Sutherland like stands up at the same time. And the person Roar, who must run this restaurant must yeah. be like <laughs> the person who runs this restaurant must be like for fuck. <laughs> 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 there's oh balsamic God. vinegar, there's balsamic vinegar everywhere. Yeah. They've destroyed full, the table. It's not even like a normal like you have a sandwich eats, it's a full tapas thing going on. Yeah, it's like it's a buffet table they're on or something. And she... like, even though even though Donald Sutherland's probably thinking, <laughs> I want to make sure my wife's okay because she fainted. I bet he's thinking yeah. in his head somewhere about the bill. Jesus, this it? was bloody. This is <laughs> this is was that... un, this was hundred euro. This oh, it's not euros. It's nineteen seventy three. This is a hundred. What, what, what's Italian? <laughs> you ever watch? Oh no, there's that TV show. Um, I can't remember what it's. But a the guy, there's like a blind guy who walks into um. Uh, like a china shop, and he slips over, and he starts hitting like everything as he's going, 
and he keeps trying to stand up and hitting other stuff. Like that's exactly what it felt like, but on the on the buffet. It's not, ja- it's not jack. It's not jackass. Yeah, it? it sounds like a jackassy thing. So I imagine. I think it might be. He's the um, old, when he's the old guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It was. It was. It was an OTT faint where I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like the, the the slightly the neat part of me there was really going wild. Like, oh, there's balsamic vinegar everywhere, and there's like things smashing, and I was just like, whoa, not 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 into that. That was the scariest bit of the film for me. <laughs> the yeah, t- the table going. Every- I enjoyed it. I'm a punk. <laughs> and, 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 I'm a punk, man. Yeah. And they uh, took her to hospital, didn't they? Uh, yeah. And then so she's like, "I'm happy." John's like, "Look, I don't believe you. Probably didn't happen. I don't believe that, that these people are psychic." And but I'm glad you're happy if it helps you he's, in sort of he's, any way. He's sort of glad that glad that she seems a little bit chirpier and she's probably helped it's probably helped her a bit of closure. Yeah. But obviously he's very cynical about these uh, of old blueberry milkshake eyes and the other one. <laughs> yeah. Sort of I mean, is it good for her? You know, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. one of those it's one of those things. When you hear people talk about that, they say, yeah. I'm gonna see a I'm gonna see a clairvoyant, I'm gonna see somebody to talk about dead relatives. I personally always think, is that the best thing to do? And it, is and it, it not just gonna <laughs> And here we have, uh, as as we, this came on, on the film, uh, I was like, I said to Kat, ha, here we have the formula for the, the supernatural horror film. So we have the skeptic husband and we have the uh, <laughs> yeah, believing yeah, yeah. wife and he doesn't believe her and it ends with him, uh, badly it's, for him. It's, it's like the opposite of the X-Files. It's the opposite to Mulder and Scully with yeah. Mulder being the guy who's believing everything, Scully being the skeptic. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean it's, a good, it's a good dynamic, even though this isn't, I was, supernatural. Trying to, I was trying to think of everyone. So, Drag Me to well, Hell, I guess that, that used that formula. So, it was like um, the woman believed in the seance stuff and the, the guy didn't. Like, it, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a, it's a proper genre trope. But, um, the, the, the only, the, the only thing, it's a genre trope. The only thing that annoys me about it with the X Files is the fact that so much happens and they've gone through like series after series after series of seeing, you know, yeah. mutant blokes and aliens and different mutoids and different yeah. things. And when when an, when an episode slippy elongated men, yeah, yeah. When an episode starts and Mulder's like, <coughs> "Oh, I heard about this man. He got three knobs." Scully's like, "Shut up! You're talking <laughs> shit." Yeah, I think the, they will end the whole series and they'll find out that um, Scully's mentally ill, mentally retarded. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, she even can't. gets abducted. She even gets abducted by aliens yeah, at some yeah. point, and they go, "You got abducted by some aliens there." She goes. Shut up! Wind your neck in. The funny thing is, I think I might be the same. I'm completely skeptical. Uh, so I remember, like, so Cat's the opposite to me. So she believes in stuff. This is the whole the horror movie uh, formula I was talking about. So she she hears like uh, like a door closes or something on its own. She will instantly think ghosts. Like that's the first thing. I, I've got yeah. many steps oh, yeah. before I get. To, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wind yeah. or something. But like for her, it's just ghosts. It could be the, more likely ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Ghost, the wind. Ghost, the wind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's no wind. It's the ghost. <laughs> it's a windy ghost. Okay. Uh, so what happened? What? Where the hell are we in the film? Okay. So what, what, we're, what oh, we're, we're at the sex scene. Okay. Yeah. At what well, point like, did you feel like you were watching a seventies porno? Uh, pretty much all the way through. I didn't see any bush though, which was uh, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they. So obviously they they go they go back to their little apartment. They have a little chat, and then they yeah. start having sex. Strange soundtrack for sex. Yeah, I felt like yeah. it was very jaunty piano to start with. Then it got very jazz. You know, <laughs> there was lots going on. I yeah. felt like if that was if that music was in the room while they were trying to have sex, they find it hard to find some rhythm. Yeah, because it was like it was a bit uh, scatty. Not the sex, the music. <laughs> <laughs> well, <Okay. laughs> yeah, but it seems. Like, I mean, it seems like I had a good time. And uh, this so it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it seems to use that same fragmented editing thing, so they're sort of jumping around in time. Still a little bit ominous, but it's got like family-friendly music, a couple of nipple shots. Yeah, we, we do, get a nice, we, we, we do we, get a nice little sort of bit where they're is it? I think it's post-sex, I think it's pre, where she's in the bath and he's sort of like weighing himself naked. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. you kind of get to you get to understand, you know, that most of his weight is uh, just his mustache. Because <laughs> he weighs himself, and he's, yeah. and he's you know, he's, I think, he's like 165 kilos or something like that. That's 80 kilo. That's 80 kilos of mustache right there. Yeah, and we do see a bit of muff. We see a bit of his head muff. Oh, his, uh, right, little yeah. afro thing. Muff what row. down there? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, here we do. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I can I can deal with that. Okay. Moving on from the, the sex scene, um, 
which it caused a bit of stir, but we'll go into that in the trivia later on. Um, but so then they go out for dinner, and then we really get like an, they get lost, I think, and they really get an idea of sort of how scary Venice is at night. Um, yeah, there's all the silhouettes, there's stuff moving. There's one pit where a guy just shouts, like he's sitting. There, I think he just opens his window, and goes "Bada!" And, then, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I don't really know what that guy wants, but he's miscuzzi, miscuzzi. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not very good with Italian. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he shouts. So he shouts something in Italian, doesn't he? And some, and it's like, Jesus what's, Christ! What's God. he shouting that for? Like two in the morning or whatever it is. He was he was watching Juventus versus AC Milan. <laughs> and oh, uh, Lazio! Yeah, it could be. Oh, yeah. Lazio! It was probably Lazio. It might have been Lazio in '73. Yeah. Oh, Lazio! It's like Jesus, keep it down, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So they they sort of getting lost. They're sort of running around. Uh. And then we see the first, like uh, what looks like his kid. The da- the drowned daughter yeah. in um like a red coat running by and he sees her and uh, uh I think he loses her and then they get back to they go somewhere outside for another meal or something aren't they whatever they get up to yeah I mean they're living a high life aren't they they're living yeah. they're having a good meal they might have just seen a potential uh, specter of of their dead daughter but they're thinking let's go out and get some lovely food now <laughs> I've got we have to work me up a big appetite that has yeah yeah um so then. We cut the next day. Um, John is is working on the church, doing some churchy stuff, and then Laura walks off. He, he like he's, he's up in the scaffolding, and he he sees Laura walking off with the two sisters, the Seance sisters, yeah. whatever their names are. Ah, oh, the bloody Seance sisters. <laughs> <laughs> there, he, there she goes with the Seance sisters. I told you to stay away from them. Nothing but a bad influence on you. What? So they, what? What happens is, so they have a Seance, and then. She, oh yeah, so the the blind one starts mapping off, right? She, yeah, she but starts... this is this is a bit this is a bit confusing because the blind one starts titting herself up. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit confused. I was a little bit confused by this bit because she was kind of like, I don't know how to explain this bit. She was they're having a seance and it seemed like she was trying to contact possibly Christine's daughter, but during during it she was kind of like. I can only describe it as titting herself up and being terrified. She was titting herself up. Sorry, I know I've got to do it because, you know, I'm just titting herself up like that. For the audio people, you might be able to hear that, like, uh, friction. That's that's Ben titting himself up. <laughs> oh, jeez, Christ. Um, but, yeah, she was doing that and she was, and she was kind of panicking. And it was cool. you, kind of, you kind of got the gist that she'd seen or heard something bad that was Sexy. alluding to John's death. Yeah. Maybe that was why she was touching herself in that way because she found John and his lovely hair and his Bob Ross hair and his <laughs> lovely moustache yeah. incredibly sexually attractive. But yeah. she was she was going for a hammer and tong, you know. I mean, I've seen some titting up in my in my time, Luke. But that was <laughs> that was extreme. That was like, oh, yeah. careful, careful. Titting up two point oh. So then um, they have the sound. So she says, "Look, John's got to leave Venice." He, He's gonna something bad's gonna happen to him. You have to leave Venice. Yeah. Um, and then around here, they get a call from the son, who we haven't seen since the very first opening scene. He's yeah. in boarding school back in grisly old England. Um, he's he's taken a knock. He's hurt his head. Um, and then so you've got to come, like the, the wife says, I think yeah, I've got to go back. Interestingly, he doesn't go back. He says, I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna do this work. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you go and sort our, our, our little boy out and I'll stay here. The church ain't going to get church itself, mate. They really don't know. They need, they need a good church in. Um, what did you think of the church itself? <laughs> what did I think to it? I thought it, I thought it looked like a shithole, to be it honest, did. mate. It looked, it looked like a shithole. <laughs> yeah. it looked, I just thought, this is going to be a bloody lot of work. And at one point when he was just like putting a mosaic back together with his hands, I thought, that's a mug's job. Do you know what I mean? That's going to take hours, days, yeah. months. You're never going to leave Venice. You've oh. just been told you're potentially in danger, and you're staying here to restore a church that could take ages in Venice. Get out of there, man! Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, it looks like it's going to be a lot of work. And like, it, when he's talking to the, all the Italian people, he's, he's got like I think he knows like two words in Italian or something, and he always yeah. sounds like annoyed. Like he sounds like the worst part. It's like saying faster or yeah, yeah. harder, <laughs> faster, faster. <laughs> And like, it just sounds like the worst boss in the world. Um, yeah. so, anyway, so Laura goes back to England to check on the sun. Yeah. Um, and at this point, 
Don's getting on with his normal day. Um, he's on a boat going around the what did they call them in Venice? The streets. Don, oh, what the streets? Uh, the streets of Venice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> going around the. I don't know. The I thought you were going to say about the boats, the but... rivers or something, aren't it? Like whatever. Yes. Yeah, so oh, like... what like the river, the river streets. River Street. <laughs> is that what they call yeah. it? Just, just they that. call like the the um the 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 so the gondolas the boat yeah and the Venice the Venice rivers are called the uh boat can't roads, find it. boat Grand Canal no that ain't right I know what you mean though they're called yeah, something yeah. else aren't they so right, called... so he's on his way down the River Street and uh, he sees coming the other yeah. way uh, is the two sisters and his wife and he's like. It's like what the Laura yeah. starts shouting for them. They're all dressed in black. Um, obviously, they haven't seen him or they're just ignoring him because they're blanking him as if as if they're giving him silent treatment. And they're mm-hmm. they're like in a funeral procession, so it's sort of like a a, a gondola hearse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that was cool. Um, obviously, because it was a bit like we were we were kind of in the same position as him at this point, where it's like. What? Why? At, Who? At this Where? point, at this point, has, 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 have they said that John's got second sight, or no. is that later on? No, no, no. I haven't said this at this point. Okay. So this is all kind of like new, new information, brand new information. Yeah. So anyway, so if John's like, well, my wife's in Venice, but she's lost the marbles, and by the way, we've suddenly been told about a serial killer. <laughs> this is what yeah. I mean by this seems to come like so out of left field, like. There's some serial killings happening. Yeah, because um, he kind of spots he's he's with some who's he with when he see when they watch a body the, game. The guy, the, the guy is working on the church. Yeah, with, like at this point, yeah. I was confused and thought it maybe was Laura. Yeah, me too. I I was I was looking for ages at her and I was thinking that that is her in it and I, I was surprised because to be fair, it's just a woman getting pulled out of a river. I mean, I think if I was far away and I saw a woman getting pulled out of a river and I was worried that my wife was in Venice. Yeah, I think I'd go for a closer look. Yeah, yeah. Because he was a bit like he just saw and went. Nah, I recognise those pants. Not my missus. <laughs> uh, there were dirty pants as well. Uh, just, just noticed that. And um, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> like he said, just noticed that, as if it was like some sort of something to be proud of somehow. Took a, <laughs> I took That's a note right. of that. I noticed that the pads were dirty. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd hate to see your notes written about this film because I guarantee you in capitals is dirty pants <laughs> in Sharpie. Well, I'm not just not a fan of dirty pants. Um, so <laughs> I was going to say, around this point in the film, I started to get a bit confused as to, wait, so where is Laura? And also, was that Laura? Who's this serial killer? Why is there I suddenly think, a serial I think, killer? I, I think we were supposed to be feeling yeah. like that. And I, was I think it was say, kind think, of supposed to... Like mirror, mirrors his... What, what Donald Sutherland's feeling right now because I think he starts to get a bit confused about time and, and what's real and what isn't. Yeah, it's almost like um, it kind of represents his kind of descent into... Yeah. I don't want to say madness because I don't think he fully goes into madness, but his descent into this sort of uncertainty and the grief kind of... Yeah. Because I, I think he thinks he's dealing with the grief quite well and on the surface it seems like he is dealing with this grief quite well. It doesn't seem like in any way he's being affected too badly, but clearly... His mental psyche is kind of kind of falling apart a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so at some point now he gets a phone call from England saying the sun's okay, and it's Laura. Laura's in England still, and she's coming yeah. up to Venice that day. So now he's realised that it, maybe he's losing his mind a little bit here. He goes back to the police station um, to say, look, oh, by the way, earlier he reported his wife missing, so she's not missing. Um, and then he helps take... The, the seance woman home for some reason I'm not really too sure why yeah well well, sort of in a lot of stuff happens to the police in this sort of thing so he reported her missing then goes back to say she wasn't missing but then the police inspector also has him followed briefly where yeah. I'm not sure whether he he thinks that Donald um, John Donald John Donald <laughs> <laughs> I like that name Donald um, so <laughs> He seems to think that Donald is somehow involved in a a the serial killings or yeah. b like he's he's done his wife in so he has him followed briefly. Yeah. So I mean, Donald's doing nothing for him for to, to make himself look look like an upstanding member of society here, is he? I mean, no. and then obviously after after the police bring Heather in for questioning, he takes her back to the hotel. Yeah. What does he What does he take her back to a hotel for? 
No, not that. <laughs> I think I think he just takes back that maybe he feels guilty that she's been taking a question or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so then he leaves her, and then he he sees um, the red the, the the girl that looks like his daughter moving in through the night streets of um, of Venice. At the same time, yeah. his wife's just got back. She's like running for him, trying to find him. Um, and then, so this is the ending, really. It's, it's a lot of running around. It's all getting quite tense because we keep hearing that John Alden's going to die at some point. Um, and then he goes. Yeah, up the, to... the blind lady has a bit of a meltdown at this point as well, doesn't she? I mean, she was yeah. she was pretty calm while he was there, and as soon as he leaves, she kind of like goes into a little bit of a yeah meltdown, and like she's like she's seeing something, like she's seeing his the premonition of him possibly dying, and she falls between two beds. <laughs> two like... beds there. You could fall on either of them. Yeah, I'll fall. I'll just fall between them. Yeah. No, no. Don't fall on that one or that one. Between them's fine. But these women in this film cannot fall properly. They just fall in between stuff, on the food. Yeah. There's a lot of like, I'm going to have a fall now. Now, I know I know when you faint or whatever, you're not in control of your body or whatever. Yeah. But my God, my God. If I was yeah. directing this film, I'd just be like, I know this probably ain't realistic, but just fall on the bed. Yeah. Uh! <laughs> um. So, 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 uh, Donald, he he finds the, the the red the little red coat the child it looks like his daughter and then she turns around <laughs> this bit was kind of like agonizing because when he was chasing after her there was a bit where like he used a boat he untied a boat got on it and like got across a little river bit to get yeah. at her and I kept thinking this is agonizing like <laughs> it just seemed like she was running away and I was thinking she's gonna yeah, it reminded me of Silent Hill. You know when you're chasing after yeah. uh, the little girl at the start of Silent Hill, when she's just like constantly out of reach. Yeah. It just felt like that, where he was try- he was really trying to sort of get after her. And at this point, we're, I guess we as the viewer are kind of just thinking, like, what is that going to be? Is that going to be like a, a ghost or something? A, go- or? a ghost yeah. of his daughter? Um, yeah, but he follows her into a sort of old abandoned, and that old church. abandoned building. It's I a, guess church in it. You could it have always, like a uh, thingy windows. I wonder, I wonder. I even wonder if it is the one that um, he's working on. It probably isn't. I'm just like yeah, pulling it out, pulling it out of my ass. One, one, one thing we have missed. I'm not sure when in the film this took part, but took place. But there was a part where he kind of fell from some scaffolding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, so he's working on the church. I guess this was kind of like halfway through. I think it was after Laura had gone home. Yeah. He kind of falls from some scaffolding and hangs there for ages. It was like gladiators, wasn't it? It was like gladiators hang tough. It was. Just he was and just then, hanging there like, oh. There was a bit of the whole, he's swinging and going, <laughs> like, there, there were some that. really weird noises coming yeah. from him. Obviously, they were yeah. ad- you could tell they were added afterwards. <laughs> he was kind of like, hey. <laughs> and then someone got up yeah. got up there and was just like poking him with a stick, trying to get, so could, <laughs> yeah. get, get him some momentum so he could yeah. swing back up. They were I like the thought... other gladiators on the side with those, uh, those yeah, yeah. jousting things, trying to joust there, him off. There was like Rhino and uh, Hunter. <laughs> Yeah. Like going, get out of it get yeah. out of it he's like oh, oh, oh. and <laughs> it was after yeah anyway um and it was at this moment that he kind of like believed he was a bit like i've been warned that i was possibly going to get hurt in venice and now yeah. i've had a little fall from from a horrible thing see, yeah, he, yeah. if he had some assassin's creed skills he'd be right down wouldn't he yeah he just hung there like a like a john old like a john old like a right old john old <laughs> Uh, so that we 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 can't want you to hold it back for much longer. So the, the the girl in the red coat turns around, and it's some random dwarf woman. Yeah. Um And then she gets like a cleaver out, slices his neck, and then he dies. But it, when he's dying and he's bleeding out, uh, it cuts to all of the premonitions he sort of had throughout throughout the film. Uh, so when he saw his wife earlier and and the, the gondola hearse, that that was him seeing his his own death sort of thing and um his own funeral yeah and then there was a bit where some blood sort of fell onto what looked like an image which from the start yeah so it kind of like came full circle um it's um an odd ending like is it a good ending i think it is a good ending because it's so sort of it just shakes you like you, you just don't expect that but i do feel like I think maybe they could have developed that whole serial killer side story mm. a little bit more because weird that that becomes yeah. the main 
Like, I, I think if they focus a lot more on the serial killer element and they focus a lot more on his sightings of this little girl, as if she was kind of like everywhere. And also, I'm, if, re- if, I'm re- really hammered home that it was going to be the girl, and then it wasn't. I think then it would have been yeah. a lot more shocking. Like they hammered home that it was the girl she was running away from the killer or something. But um, so logically, this little dwarf woman in the red coat is a serial killer. She's been killing people. What was her plan when John was chasing her then? Because like, if she's a serial killer, surely she should be. How did she know that he was going to be attracted by a red coat or like? Do you know what I mean? Because she was running away from him. That's not what serial killers do. Surely she should be running towards him. Or who knows? Who knows what her agenda was? Maybe she yeah. didn't even have a red coat on. Maybe the maybe the red coat was him was him sort of like imagining he was pro, he was projecting. Yeah, onto good her. point. Or maybe she didn't even exist. Maybe it's just like a figment of his imagination or something. Um, and, and he shanked himself, didn't he? Shanked himself. <laughs> Cut himself on a bit of glass or something, I don't know. Bloody old John Old. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what did you think to the directing style in general? I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. It, it, it was very good at sort of making the audience sort of yeah. feel very uneasy, um, very sort of like disjointed, hard to sort of follow, hard to sort of like what's, what's yeah. going on, but not, not in a frustrating way as such. More in like an inquisitive way, and it yeah. left feeling very curious. I feel like I thought, um, the, I this, it was good. This style, like it is like a, a a very unique style. I feel like it has been imitated and parodied in various ways. That whole like non-linear non-linear cutaway thing. I feel like I'm seeing that more and more in TV, where it will be like someone will be talking, and it was like a, a cutaway to the next day where like the people. Are, in fact, I'm thinking Ben Wheatley in. Um, what was the film we did on this list? Um, kill list. Kill, kill list. Yeah. So in that one, they even do it there, where they're, they're sort of walking with playing with the kids, and it's yeah. cut, cutting away to other parts in the timeline. And I, I feel like I've seen it more often. They do it in the leftovers a little bit. I think I'm sure I've seen it in like various those sort of big American TV shows. <laughs> but it is so effective. Hmm. It's effective when it's yeah. done right. It's good and it's effective. When it's done wrong, it can be a bit confusing. It can kind of upset yeah. the narr- it, can, it can kind of upset the narrative a bit. Yeah. But with something like this, where the narrative is quite broad, and it's not like A to B, you yeah. can afford to kind of jump around a little bit yeah. to try and put the pieces together um, of this of this tragedy. As and, such. In, and in terms of like the whole the, the visual metaphors and the, the story metaphors, so the original short story was wasn't based in Venice. Had nothing to do with water. Uh, even the, the daughter didn't even drown in the original story. That whole thing. So the daughter drowns. You hear the water. The, the in Venice, that's sort of a great sort of metaphor because they're all trapped by the water. You can't sort of maneuver around the place properly because you're sort of constricted by. by I mean, water. I've I've kind of always wanted to go to Venice. It's definitely on the list. Yeah, I want to get out at some point very soon. This film, even though it kind of painted Venice in a terrifying light, made me kind of want to go there even more. Me too. I I love the idea of walking around those sort of weird little back streets mm. and ways and stuff. Uh, I look at that what would you What would you do if you're in Venice? Then you saw a tiny little girl in a red coat. Kick her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Condor, can you explain again why you kicked the child in the face? Have you seen Don't Look Now? <laughs> I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. I'm sure. <laughs> I have seen Don't that. Look Now. You're free to go. Yeah, <laughs> and it's happened to me many times before. Okay, uh, jump scares or shitty pants moments. Um, that guy shouting when they got lost, and the guy goes. <laughs> Like it just seems to come out of nowhere, and he's, I think he's. I'm, I'm thinking now he like opens his, his window thing. Blet! <laughs> I think he's putting something out to dry or something. Like he's beating a carpet or something, just screaming his head off. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the like, main one for like, me was the dwarf at the end. Yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit like, ooh, what the hell? Ooh, yuck. Um, <sighs> uh, yeah. t- uh, blind lady titting herself up. That was that was out of nowhere. So that kind of made me feel. Yeah, uh, a bit uneasy. I'm not sure I felt about that. Was I aroused? Was I terrified? Halfway. Yeah. Between both. Okay. Uh, are you ready for some uh, uh, trivia? Yes. Okay. Number one, it was supposed to be rated X on account of it being too sexy for screen uh, in the US. Uh, after Roeg cut nine frames out of the film, nipple shots and such, uh, they managed to avoid the X rating. I thought you were going to say he cut nine minutes out of that sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Roeg, you've he, got a nine and a half minute sex scene here. He in cut about nine inches out of the sex scene. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> cut about nine inches yeah. off of Donald's hair. 
so true uh, or false? True, 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 true. True. Uh, they had to, uh, but it, it's still got, although they, they avoided the X rating in the US, it's still... Um, X rating? Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine, imagine. X for, that's X for sex. Even, even in 1973, <laughs> yeah. going into like a cinema or something, going, I'm about to watch an X-rated film. I feel incredibly dirty. And then sitting down and watching Don't Look Now. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, well, that was a waste of... Where does that come from? X, meaning porn or like sex? <laughs> I don't know. I guess the X, the X was probably used at some point to kind of replace what the letters were in the title of something, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, it so, might, like it might have said penis, and it was like X's. This is a penis rated film, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get that penis rating. Okay. Um, number two, uh, Julie Christie, uh, the actress who played Laura, attended a séance to prepare for her role Ooh, in this film. Interesting. <coughs> true or false? <coughs> true. That is true. Um, I don't have any details, but it's <laughs> no, it's true. Okay. Uh, number three. Uh, That's all I want. Donald Sutherland. Uh, in preparation, attended a porn shoot. Uh, false. <laughs> that is, you are correct. It's false. It's but true. he did. It, he did. He did attend a jazz concert and had sex at he the did. jazz concert. <laughs> he did have. Sex so he knew exactly what kind. Yeah. As a bit of uh, training, he was like, "I need to have sex at least once to know." <laughs> yes, what to I need do. to. Come yeah. on, come on, okay. you guys. Have you had sex before, Donald? <laughs> well, yes, plenty of times. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, number four, the film was on a double bill um, with The Wicker Man. Uh, Don't Look Now was the main feature, and The Wicker Man oh. was cut down and billed as a B-movie. Um, Wicker Man, which is actually higher up on, on our list here. Uh, so, suck on that, Rowag. Uh, true or false? True. That sounds believable. Yeah, true, yeah. It's weird, because oh. I, I kind of feel like, is Wicker Man a B-movie? It doesn't seem very B-movie to me. I guess this is the more artier one, though. This is very arty. This yeah. is incredibly arty. But like, wouldn't they go like for the commercial? Is Wickerman commercial? I don't know. But would they go for like the more standard commercial? Wickerman is the main one, and then the arty farty one is the. Yeah, is, you know what I mean. It's like um, have some sugar, and here's a grape. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. your best metaphor, Luke, no. <laughs> but I mean, I I, I I totally understand it. Yeah, okay. I do like grapes. Uh, the final question. Uh, the film was not received well by Venetians, uh, particularly the councillors who were afraid it would scare away tourists, especially from the trendy Dwarven Quarter. I was going to say true up until that part, but let's that. say true. Let's say true for the whole bit. <laughs> the Dwarven Quarter is now full of yeah. hipsters. It's full of hipsters now. Hipsters Hipster dwarfs. Organic vegan burger joints. Um, Hip- Hipster dwarfs who cut things up with meat cleavers. And yeah. It's just, oh. Yeah. Uh, it's true. Apart from the, the dwarven quarter thing. Oh. Um, it's it's still there, but uh, they're not worried about people being scared away. Okay. Uh, so, and last question. How do you like your roe egg? How do I like my roe egg? Um, hard boiled or sunny side up? Hard boiled. Okay, cool. Bit of hard, hard boiled roe egg. This, this is pretty hard boiled, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's quite. It's quite a bit of a, a noir edge, I suppose. Um, yeah. Little t- tight, wo- tight woven streets and yeah. dark shadows and creepy stuff that goes bump. This, this is my uh, first Rogue film. We've got it's a it's a Rogue film, right? Later. Oh no, that's a Dario. Or, okay, I'm getting my. Uh, um, your getting your Rogue. Rogue. I did look. I did look at Rogue. Rogue made the witches, the Roald Dahl film. The role oh my god! That's yeah, no. terrifying me as a kid. Oh, 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 oh! He also made the man who fell to earth, which he made after Don't Look Now. So he made it three years later. Uh, oh, oh! I did see Castaway. So he made Castaway, but the one with um, Oliver Reed. Yeah. Did he make anything else on, uh, on, on, on this list? I mean, like any horrors and stuff. He made he made a documentary about Glastonbury. <laughs> Does, this, he made <laughs> he made that before Don't Look Now. I bet that was weird as well. I bet that was yeah. creepy. Uh, he made The Witches in 1990, uh, a film called Cold Heaven in 91. Mm, don't recognize that. Two Deaths in 1995. Interesting. Um, which stars Michael Gambon. <coughs> and his last film was a film called Puffball in 2007. I which cannot does... believe he made The Witches. That film used to well, absolutely it, terrify me as a kid. Puff, Puffball in 2007 stars Donald Sutherland. 
But but, talking about his hair, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want Donald. 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 Um, I know we haven't made a film together since 1973, but I'd like to make a film about your hair. Well, it's not quite as majestic as it was in 1973. Well, let's do it, and I'll call it Puffball. <laughs> Sold. Uh, okay, so we need to rate the film. By the way, yeah, so this is a great film, and I, I really like it. Um, and The Witches is also great. Although it might not be, I just don't... Oh, yeah. The, I, the, I Witches, the Witches is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Uh, oh, the main guy's called Luke in that as well. I remember that. That's one of the reasons oh, why right. I probably liked it so much. Okay. Oh, it's me. That is me. What are you going to give this film? I would give this film... I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought the directing style was great. I thought it was a good story. I feel like a lot more could have been made of the sort of the whole serial killer dwarven quarter thing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I thought. I thought. Do you know what I mean? It was tense, but I feel like the te- it could have been a lot more tense. Could have been a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like it meandered perhaps a little bit from my liking. So I think I'll go for a C plus on this film. Ooh, okay. Well, um, so yeah, I kind of loved it. I loved the atmosphere, and I think that tone is uh, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I feel like the whole yeah towards the end, I got the same sort of meandering sort of thing as well, um, and I, I feel like. That could have been played up to like some like next level. Like Donald's could have been seeing more stuff. Maybe like you know, there's a budget limitation here, and uh, it's of the time. But like he was seeing more stuff. Like he was losing it a bit more. I guess I would like to have seen a bit more of that sort of. Um, uh, it would have been good to convince the audience that there was yeah. a little girl running around in a red coat. And yeah. was he was it a figment of his imagination? What was it? Why was it there? Yeah. Um. And then suddenly, bang! It's not. A little girl's a dwarf, after all. I would have liked to have seen it go a bit more midnight movie uh, around that last sort of third act, and then sort of culminate with that with that twist. I still think it would have been just as effective, and then to have that sort of crazy Lynchian twist at the end. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm going to give this a B plus because I I, I really liked it, and um, I will watch it again, maybe uh-huh. a few more times. Um, but like I said, that last act was a bit strange and meandering a bit. Uh, okay, so. That's it. That's it for this episode. Well, next week we are talking about uh, what are we talking about? Uh, I think it's The Innocents. Mm, yeah, possibly. It's a 1960 film. Uh, is it? Or is it It Follows? Mm, I don't think It Follows as yet. So, what, so, so what, number, what, what number are we on there? 33. All right, so we're oh, we're getting there. We're we are getting there. Sometimes it feels like we're not chipping into this list very much. But oh I no, we, we, we missed one. So the next one we watch, we're going to watch is the let uh, let the right one in, uh, the original, not the oh, right, main okay. thing. Uh, I've seen oh, the awesome. the remake. I've not seen this one. I'm really looking forward to it. So it should be good. Oh, you've not seen this one? Nope. And you, the other one oh, was haven't? good. Oh, right. No, okay. And the remake one was good as well. So I think I think the I think the remake was solid. But I mean. It, this let the right one in is 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 amazing. Yeah. Um, and then it's the innocence, and then it's it follows. So. Cool. It follows the innocence. Okay. It follows the innocence. Yes, it does. Lovely. This, so this show is brought to you by Story Studio Hogan Cleaver. Head over to hogancleaver.com and grab a free book. Uh, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Calvin for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give it a rating, would you? And uh, hit subscribe. Thanks to my co-host Ben for being a real horror dude. Thanks to that Netty Pot that I showed up my snoz earlier. Uh, it sort of works. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you very much, Luke. It's been an absolute delight. Bye. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com 
Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.